Welcome to How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships from True Story FM. And also, welcome to the Next Real Film Podcast. This week on the show, we're introducing a new series here at True Story. We're calling it the True Story Crosstalk, in which hosts from two different shows join forces in a conversation that spans their two areas of subject expertise. And today, the law in the movies. Joining me, I'm Pete Wright. Today are two of our very favorite people. First, Seth, check your local jurisdiction, Nelson, family law attorney at Nelson Coster Family Law in Tampa, Florida, and host of How to Split a Toaster. This is not a movie show. Hello, Seth. Hey, Pete. Love the middle name. It's good. I go business cards are uh, on order. I have here Andy <laughs> Nelson, no relation. He is my fair co-host of the next real film podcast and has been so since 2011 on which we have discussed hundreds of movies and have only sloppily discussed the law along the way hello andy yes sloppy is probably the best way to describe that you know we do our best we do our best feigning to act like we know what we're talking about i've learned so many legal words though andy i've learned so many words (laughs) you guys aren't lawyers but you play one on a podcast we sure do that's exactly exactly. what we do in fact depending on some of your choices i may uh, i may object we'll see oh (laughs) look at you right away outstanding and then i say cut is that how that works <laughs> is that that's exactly wow. how that. Well, no, you got, it. got you it. Nailed it. You've nailed uh, it. Oh, okay. Ready. So, uh roll sound. Here we go. So, we first we have a set of rules. We're creating a uh is this kind of a bracket uh I guess a little bit of of our favorite movies and that represent the law. Andy, could you review please the rules for our conversation today? Certainly. Yeah, we're each bringing a list of movies to the table. We're uh, Seth's going to kick us off and then Pete and then me, and we're each going to, you know, kind of go around the table, so as it were, and and name one of our favorite movies that deal with the law in some aspect, and then uh, and then see if it ends up getting if it was a steal from somebody else or not, and we'll just kind of go around and hopefully have a lot of fun talking about some movies and the quality of law in each of these and the quality of the films. It'll be a fun conversation to have. Okay. I'm very excited about this because of Seth's level of preparation. I feel like uh, well, I've got like questions already. First. I mean, there's oh, and Andy's ahead. going yeah. to object. So who's the judge and gets to decide? <laughs> I feel like, you know, you guys do this all the time. I'm a little disadvantaged, but I'm going to try to hold my own. The people are the well, judge. Okay. The people are <laughs> the judge. I like it. All right. Uh, so, uh, Seth, you wanna, do you want to do the honors and kick us off with your uh, one of your favorite uh, law movies? This one's easy for me. Favorite law movie of all time that I've ever had, I think, and that I wow. will ever have, My Cousin Vinny. <sighs> I, I knew it. I love that one. And it's a steal. Well, thank you for Is letting me go steal? first. Andy, did you have that one too? <laughs> I had it on my backup list. I didn't okay. have it as one of my five picks, but it's a, it's a great one. The the opening his opening line <laughs> his opening line everything that guy just said is bullshit. <laughs> it's one of the most one of the best uh, arguments. Now this is one that that Andy and I have talked about over at the next reel. We we haven't done a show on it, but it has come up in the past uh, when we were discussing the law in movies. And I think uh, I, I was surprised to hear that this movie is lauded so highly by attorneys as yeah. a great movie that that demonstrates what goes on in a courtroom. What is it really that great? It is that great. And in fact, I on American the the American Great Teaching where people all go and they teach a class at a high school or middle school or grade school, I was invited to do that and I used my cousin Vinny to teach trial law. And I know law schools will use my cousin Vinny to teach trial advocacy. That's amazing. What is it about it that, that like gets it right as opposed to some other films? Like, is it the fact that he knows nothing and his girlfriend like schools him on everything? Is that like because she's actually schooling him on the actual way things happen? Well, it's not only that he's getting schooled by his girlfriend, which, as you guys know, I'm a divorce lawyer and I would advise any guy just don't mansplain. Just agree. Okay. <laughs> But what's really interesting about the courtroom scenes and even behind the scenes when he's saying, well, 
he thinks he's all slick because he went hunting and the guy offered to give him all the documents. And she's like, that's called discovery. He's required to do that. Right? Because <laughs> she's reading those rules that we always talk about and how yeah. to split a toaster. But so right. it explains the law in a way that most legal movies do not. Okay. And like there's objections in the courtroom and there's ways to properly object to a question. And there's, um, and the way I would explain this is, or the easiest way to understand this is everybody has information about a case, but the judge doesn't get to consider that information unless it's in evidence. And because we're talking about movies, this is how I actually explain it to clients. I tell them once it's in evidence is as if it's on a movie screen and the judge can watch that movie. But if it's not in evidence, it gets cut to the floor. The judge doesn't consider it. And in my cousin Vinny, he has all these objections that are just not properly done. And then finally, he has an objection and the judge says, you know, Mr. Gambini, that was a well thought out, reasoned and explained objection. And he gets all excited and says, thank you, your honor. And then the judge says, <laughs> overruled. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's oh, it's an fantastic. incredibly funny movie. Marissa Tomei won the uh, Oscar for that one that year. Um, and it's uh, just a terrific terrific film if you haven't seen it in a while 1992 there's probably a lot of folks out here who if you've seen it it's been a while check it out uh great first pick definitely definitely all right pete you're up what is your uh what's your first pick <sighs> man this is one i you don't seth you don't deal with a lot of of jury trials do you no in florida check your local jurisdiction there are no jury trials when it comes to a divorce case it's all called a bench trial by a judge okay well, I, I wonder if you could put yourself back into law school and share with me your insights on one of my very, very favorite films, the 1957 adaptation of Twelve Angry Men, Henry Fonda as the lone juror. Everyone in here is amazing. But this is one of those movies that I mean, in terms of a sort of a locked room, uh, you know, conversation story this this movie is is one of the most energetic and dynamic uh of of you know as they come but it it brings up these questions for me around the law of like how great is a system when the supposedly impartial jury of our peers is so wrapped up in their own personal garbage like they're they're all just they're racist and you know horrible people in their own unique way it it sort of demonstrates kind of the dark side of this system that we put together and i uh, i just i just love it i love the lessons that these men learn about themselves and about each other i love the uh, everything about it what do you think 12 angry men brilliant film it was on my list so my understanding of these very sparse <laughs> rules that we have is that's considered a steal that would be considered a steal if it was one of your primary oh movies. it's there like it it's okay. It's a All double right. steal, actually. <gasps> nice. Wow. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is uh, points are racking up here. It's a it's such a classic. I mean, watching these these uh, twelve uh, men deal with this uh, situation in the room, it's just it's just so thrilling to see how it plays out and and to see that one lone juryman. Uh, right out of the gate saying, you know, saying, no, let's talk about this and kind of forcing, uh, forcing his hand by not throwing in with everybody else to actually allow for this conversation. I just thought that was a great representation of what the whole point of it is of having this jury. You know, you don't just pick just because you actually take the time and, and have these uh, conversations about it. I thought that was great. And I thought it was great in the the remake that they did in TV. I thought it was great in the Russian version that they made. Uh, the Russian was, version just, was not on my story. list, I will share with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let me tell you, it's good. It's, it's the really, same story, though, good. but it's good. <laughs> so uh, definitely something to check out. I, I will tell you from a legal perspective, um, there are psychologists and other paid professionals that focus entirely on picking a jury sure yeah but i to this day explain to my clients that when you are walking into court or driving to court you never know who sees you and how they will respond if you cut that car off and flick them a bird 
And it turns out that that was the judge's bailiff or judicial assistant. It's not supposed to influence the judge. And they might not even hear about it. But the judges know. I mean, they talk about lawyers. Lawyers talk about judges. Bailiffs talk about everybody. Jays, like they know who's the kind of troubled lawyers and the difficult lawyers. And uh, I mean, your reputation matters and how you act. And like, to your point that these people have their own stuff wrapped up in that. So from a presentation point of view in court is you always have to act professionally. You always have to do your job. You always on all levels with everybody you deal with, not just the the judge or the jury. I, I've never actually been on a jury. I have been, I've shown up. I've always done my part, but I'm always sent home. I've never done it. Is this, I mean, is this what it's like? Does it meet expectations? I've never been in a jury. I've been just like you. I show up and they, it, right <laughs> wow. when they hear you're a lawyer, you're done. You're out. You're out. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. My father-in-law was in a, uh, he was in a jury for a big murder trial that actually ended up like, you know, 2020 came out and interviewed all the jurors when it was all said and done. He was doing it for quite a while. And I think the one big takeaway is that the compensation that they provide you is it's it's almost it's a pittance. It's it's really just like a public service. Tech. That was really, Lund, yeah, Coke uh, and a white is. bread sandwich it's, and uh, two dollars. <laughs> pretty like much. That. All right. Pretty much. Yeah. We're doing our part, right. Andy. We're doing our part. What do you got? <laughs> we are. We are. All right. For my first pick, I'm going with something a little more fanciful, something that I think fits for the time of year and I think just is a delight of a film to watch. I love watching it with my family around the holidays. And it is, of course, Miracle on 34th Street, the 1947 film that uh, George Seaton directed in which uh, Edmund Gwynn plays uh, Chris Kringle and, and uh, is out to kind of point out the fact that the the drunk Santa that's part of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is drunk and ends up taking over and then ends up working at Macy's and it just kind of uh, uh, goes from there as he ends up um, with uh, Maureen O'Hara and uh, her daughter uh, Natalie Wood playing Susan who doesn't believe in Santa and he sets out to kind of prove that he is Santa. Meanwhile, a whole other story is happening where uh, he hits somebody on the head with an umbrella who's uh, who's being a pest and this guy tries to get him committed to a hospital. And of course, that is where the the, the court situation comes in because now there's a a trial to prove that he is actually Santa. And it's, uh, it's you know, it's one of those things where it never feels that authentic because, you know, it's a trial to prove somebody's Santa Claus. It's a little silly. But when they bring in that big bag of mail, I tell you, it's it just tugs at the heartstrings a little bit. So that's my uh, first uh, pick. See, so he's on, the jury. Soft he's on the jury. He's going for the heartstrings, you know? Yeah, uh, right. Exactly. Big bag of mail. Yeah. Does your client have a puppy? That's going to get, that, that'll do That's it. all I need. Yeah. That's all, all I right. need. <laughs> Litigating Christmas. Have you ever had to litigate a, uh, a national or an international um, holiday? I have litigated who gets holidays. There we but go. But not whether anyone is or is not Santa Claus. All right. Well, it'll give you something to aspire to. There you go. Be a national There's hero. always a chance. Maybe maybe Chris and his wife will have problems at some <laughs> point and need you. <laughs> All right, uh, Seth, it's back to you. Okay, so that was not on my list. That is not a steal. Not a steal. All right. Fine, neither. Okay. I'm very interested to see if this is going to be a steal because I went back in the day and there's a reason I picked this movie. The Paper Chase, 1973. Steel. Oh, it's on your list? Well done. Wow. Seth. That is amazing. I am a huge John Houseman fan. And I when I was a kid, I, I would walk around and say things like, we make money the old-fashioned way. <laughs> we earn it. Right from his uh, his take on the commercial I, I i i just love this because this is all about like harvard right the experience of law school yes it's really about the first year of law school and law school is three years and the saying goes the first year they scare you to death the second year they work you to death and the third year they bore you to death and people <laughs> that have gone through law school that are really involved tend to say, yeah, that makes sense to me. And the reason why I picked this is my mother is an attorney 
And in fact, my grandfather and my grandmother met at Fordham Law School Night School. So my grandmother was an attorney as well. And my uncle on my mom's side is an attorney, a long list. But wow. growing up, we would watch Paper Chase, the series, when it was a TV series. Sure. And this was just a brilliant movie. And it's all about this professor and nearly like this first year law student, James Hart, played by Timothy Bottoms, who just does a fantastic job about the academic challenges and dealing with a contract professor. And of course, there's the love interest that gets scoped in. I, I never dated a professor's daughter, I assure you. But had that professor's daughter been Lindsay Wagner, you might have considered it. Exactly. <laughs> she would have considered me, but who cares? <laughs> um, so, But this is a brilliant film about the rigors of uh, first year of uh, law school. And especially, you got to kind of put yourself back in 1973. It's much different now with research and technology, of course. But the essence of first year of law school, I thought, was really yeah. well done here. Oh, I have never seen it. Nor have I ever seen the show. I You've never I, even I, seen the I, show. I didn't even know what this movie was about. I've heard the title, but I didn't know what it was. I I now think I'm curious, it's though. I think it's safe to say this movie, like this the TV show, because I saw the movie well after I'd been watching. It's kind of like MASH. Like it was I, I saw the movie MASH to catch up on what I knew of the TV show. But I actually think the TV show and the movie were great partners with one another and the show it was the first like drama that i would sit down and watch with my with my parents like it was a thing they were super into it introduced me to this kind of like soap opera nighttime soap opera love it Ugh. i need to check it out yeah it was fun it's i i mean when's the last time you've seen it seth when's the last time you sat, sat down with houseman actually fairly recently it was in 2020 um, I had a uh, spinal surgery and was uh, at home recovering and somehow it came on and I was like, oh, I'm watching this because it's the perfect movie when you're recovering from surgery because you've seen it before. So you fall asleep, you wake up, you know exactly yep. where you are. You know exactly. You didn't miss anything. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. Awesome. Great. Pick. All right, Pete. Number two for you. Uh, oh, I've got kind of a long list. Um <laughs> I don't think you can have a good list of law movies without including some true bona fide singing and dancing. And so I would <laughs> like to bring to your attention 2002's Chicago. The attorney uh, is uh, one Billy Flynn, played by Richard Gere in the film with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Renee Zellweger. Uh, it is a story of celebrity murderers, and Gere does a courtroom number that is to beat the band. I just, I love it. The music is great. It's a fantastic adaptation. Uh, everybody is terrific in the movie. Uh, and we get that incredible uh, portrayal of, uh, oh, now I can't remember his name. Uh, he does Cellophane Man, and I can't believe I didn't write it down. Uh, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. John C. Riley does a career turn uh, in this movie that I think is, uh, uh, it, it really demonstrates uh, incredible breadth. Maybe there's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, um, hardcore law in the movie. I don't know, Seth. Chicago? <laughs> not on my list. Not, not a steal. Brilliant, okay, okay. brilliant, fun musical movie. Have a good time. There's some very clever wording in the songs and related mm -hmm. to the law. I have never even tried to sing in a courtroom. <laughs> Are you kidding? I'll bet you sing and dance every day. Here's the question, though. Would a judge stop you if you tried, as long as you were still making your message, making your point? I believe the answer to that question is yes. And there's bailiffs <laughs> that have handcuffs. <laughs> no, I've cracked jokes in court before, but you have to know your audience. And when they play well. Yeah. To the, and I remember, I just do bench trials, just judges, not not juries. But when yeah. they play well, it's brilliant. But when they land flat, it is horrible. So you'd have to say, you'd have to know exactly the right judge 
where you could pull off singing a few lines of your, <laughs> of your statement. <laughs> I would like to deliver this motion in song, as long as you set it up right. I think it's important. There are a couple of a couple of uh, uh, fun little trivia bits. First of all, if you if you haven't seen the movie, definitely see it. Cecil B. DeMille did it in uh, as a silent film in 1927. Ginger Rogers uh, did her version of the film called Roxy Hart in 1942. Uh, in the, this is the piece I thought was so great. The original Broadway production of Chicago. Jerry Orbach played Billy Flynn. Wow. Jerry Orbach went on to, dare I say it, law and order TV history. Uh, so he's just he's made a career out of uh, singing and dancing in court. If, it's great work if you can get it. Great if you can get it, for sure. <laughs> All right. So that wasn't a steal for you, Andy? Is that what I gather? It, you didn't... It, it was not musical. a great pick, though. I honestly didn't even think about that, and I'm a little ashamed of myself because it is such a great one. Any day, especially the song in... that he's singing in the courtroom. Yeah, right. It's such a great <laughs> song. Right. Right. Really is. All right. So, what's your next one? Well, for my next pick, I couldn't come into this conversation about law without bringing a movie that deals with divorce, knowing that Seth is a divorce attorney. And I'm like, you know, we have to have Kramer versus Kramer on this list because if there is a movie that uh, is a, it's an incredibly solid film about relationships and the frustration of divorce and something that kind of impacted kind of the cultural ways that people view uh, motherhood and fatherhood, especially when it comes to divorce and the fact that, you know, the father might actually be uh, the better choice to pick uh, to raise the kid rather than the mother. Uh, just the way that this story plays out is really solid. And I mean, the the scenes dealing with the custody hearings are very, very painful when you have the different character assassinations that are going on, um, when friends are getting forced to testify about things that they said. And it's it just shows kind of the, the painful side of going through this and how it can uh, end up hurting people so much more over the course of the process, even though by the time you get to the end of the story, they have found a way to kind of keep their relationships in a way that it will work moving forward as hard as it was to go through. So that's my second one, Kramer versus Kramer. Great film. I always thought it was interesting on this film because it played against the stereotypes because she, the wife is the one that leaves the family and then comes back later, right? Right. And, and it's 1979. Right, yeah. That's not really how things worked. So it kind of did exactly. a twist. It, yep. uh, this is a great movie. I remember seeing it as a child. We watched all the law movies in my family. So sure. it was not on my list. Uh, it was not a steal, but I certainly recommend it to see kind of the emotional aspects that hopefully people can avoid when they're going through a divorce. I can't believe that wasn't on your list. You're, I, I, let, I need to remind you, you're the divorce right. attorney but here. But <laughs> I'm also very prepared and knowing that I'm the divorce lawyer, you guys are going to pick it for the steal. You got to be strategic <laughs> about it. <laughs> that was so you true. Know. <laughs> so. All right. All right. So where does that lead to your number three? Okay. So I this is just a classic. I think it's going to be a steal as well. A few good men. It's on my list of backups, but it wasn't what, a steal. You know, I think you get a half point for a backup. What happens there? <laughs> so like every time I get one, I object. I perennial object. question. Andy's backup are if I call it and he's got another one, it's now the backup. <laughs> That's right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend I'm I'm you, Pete, for just a minute. So this was directed by Rob sure. Reiner and written by Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> like that's how you guys talk. I don't talk. You're that doing a great way. job. Yeah, no, that's you nailed it. Uh, exactly what's me. amazing about this? is uh, Tom Cruise playing a lawyer who's defending two Marines who've been charged with killing another Marine at Guantanamo Bay. There are so many amazing aspects to this movie, including the performance by Jack Nicholson, who ultimately is really the one technically being put on trial here, but he's not necessarily the guy you think at the beginning. What's amazing to me about this is the performance by Tom Cruise when he tells his legal team, it's not what I know, it's what I can prove. And yeah. that just sums up litigation in going to trial. It's not what I know, it's what I can prove. And um, those are two dramatically different things. I will share with you, I have a very close friend who is an excellent trial lawyer and there is a 
moment in this movie when Tom Cruise asked the witness, well, which order? How do you know which order to obey and not to obey? And he has used that exact line in court when we're talking about orders. (laughs) (laughs) And when he was telling me about his hearing and he said that, immediately I said, a few good men. And he goes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the line I was going to pick. The line that sticks out for me is, and I use this, I I try to find a way to use this, but people don't talk like this that enough. do they still string people up from the yard arm? I don't think they string people up from the yard arm anymore. Yeah, they don't talk that way anymore. <laughs> well, that, I need I need an opportunity right. to drop that. And of course. Uh, so that's <laughs> so, always the question with this movie, though, is how well does Tom Cruise sell being an attorney? Yeah, right. I think he sells in the preparation, in the thinking, in the presentation of question and answers. Now, I will tell you, that when you first asked me to be on this podcast today, I was a little bit nervous about it because I typically don't enjoy legal shows because I can't turn off my mind. And when you get to the legal scenes and you're in court and they ask a question, in my head, I'm objection, speculation, objection, leading, objection, assumes facts, not in evidence. It just happens. And I'm like, yeah, that's not the way it works. Love the legal shows. My uncle and my cousin are both doctors. They hate the medical shows. I love the medical shows. I mean, they love the legal shows. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't do a test and get it back in an hour? (laughs) Like, you know. Right, right. (laughs) But this is a brilliant film. And especially when it all comes together at the end and and how they have, like, for example, there's a big part in this where they have these airmen sitting in the gallery, right? And they all think they're going to be witnesses. If they're going to be a witness, you can what's called invoke the rule and they're not allowed to be in the gallery because they can't hear what other people say. If you're a witness, you got to sit outside. So, but for the movies and for what they were doing, it was brilliant. That would just never happen in court. But I thought that his preparation and how he thought about a case and what he was trying to figure it out all that I thought was very well done. That's good to know because a lot of what I'm looking for you from you in this show today is permission to continue liking these great movies. Because oh. if you tell me they're just <laughs> exceptionally stupid, then I'm going to have to hang it up. I'm, and so no, I'm glad no. I can keep watching. still use the yardarm thing. All right. You can tell I don't really care about that. Bringing in movies where, oh, no, where no. bags of mail. That's all I need. <laughs> right. right. Your first pick is Santa Claus movies. That's great. No, we know exactly where you stand. Um, okay, so that takes me to my uh, number three pick. Oh, um, I think I need to go uh, back in time again uh, for this pick. And and it was actually the number one movie on my list of picks. It's the first thing I think of when I think about legal movies. And it is from 1962. It is the wonderful Gregory Peck starring as Atticus Finch in a Horton Foots uh, penned screenplay, young Brock Peters as the alleged assailant in To Kill a Mockingbird. I Now that was a steal. Legit steal. Andy <laughs> well, Cops a legit steal. You call him it. out on it and the next one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let me just say, I'm going to speaking of calling his shots. If Andy doesn't pick in the name of the father as a legal drama here, I'm going to eat my hat. Get ready. It's coming. It's coming. Uh I I really like this movie. I I love it. I have a deep personal connection to it. It was one of the very first books like I I sat down my mother says, "Here read this book. You're going to love this book." And I absolutely loved this book. The whole story, the way it's and and the way it has been adapted here in this movie. It's just really it's just perfect for me. Chef's kiss. What do you think? How is it with the law? Well, Pete, when it comes to the law <laughs> in this particular film, <laughs> uh, now it's, it's a great film. I, I love the film. I love the way that it actually plays, you know, the story of the law and the lessons learned um, in the film and and the whole idea, especially in, in the place it takes place and the time. Uh, it's a very powerful story. And it, uh, you know, because of that and those reasons, it was absolutely on my list. Very powerful um and uh yeah sad law story as it relates to the law there is as we're lawyers are called an officer of the court so you always have to be candid and truthful with the court i don't remember ever watching this movie <gasps> what? i am embarrassed to say 
But we know what your homework is now. Oh, sad. <laughs> I'm I. I, it's one of those movies I think that when I watch it, I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember now. But sitting here at this present moment, I cannot speak intelligently about how the law played out. Wow. Sorry to disappoint. It was one of those that I read first. Like I, I know we read this in school. In fact, it might've been one of those where we read it and then after we were done, the teacher showed us the movie. I feel like that might've been the situation where I first read and watched it. So, but then it's, it's just one that's, I think, such a, such a classic story about just being human and Gregory Peck really is the perfect embodiment for that. So I, I think the, yeah, Gregory Peck and Robert Duvall as, as Boo Radley. I mean, Robert Duvall is just, uh, he's exceptional and they're all so young. That's one of the things that makes this really fun to go back and, and look at. Although Robert Duvall looked exactly as he does now. That's weird. Um, <laughs> And, and, and I, bring, the truth. I bring up Brock Peters specifically because he is such a great Admiral Cartwright in the Star Trek uh, film universe. And uh, I I just I love watching those movies and thinking about, you know, where he was in the early 60s. Uh, it, it's a terrific movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. If you're a lawyer and haven't seen it, you're going to fall in love with Atticus Finch. He's he's the aspirational uh, attorney. He's a great a stand-up human being and a great yeah, dad. I'm a bit embarrassed that I had to acknowledge that. Hey, you're an officer That's of the court. Right. Consider the court, please. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> who's next? All right. Well, I'm going to go with one. Uh, you know, I you got to have some laughs. And I know I already have Santa Claus on this list, but, you know, some real big laughs. I laughed my butt off when I went to see uh, Liar Liar in 1997, Tom Shadyac's film with Jim Carrey as the crooked lawyer whose son wishes that his dad could just tell the truth for a whole day. And it turns into one of the funniest uh, things as he's in a divorce court <laughs> trying to trying to help this uh, his client, who is this gold digger. But he has to go about it in a way where he's only telling the truth and watching that court scene when uh, he's trying to do that and seeing how it all plays out as he brings up, uh, I think, her age is the whole thing. She lied about her age, which canceled out the whole uh, prenup and everything. It was uh, just incredibly funny. That was uh, uh, Jim Carrey and Jennifer Tilly was his client. And, uh, you know, it's I don't know. It just worked incredibly well for me. Very funny. And every time I hear Jose Canseco's name now, like I just, uh, this is the movie that I immediately go to. So that's my pick, Liar Liar. I have no idea how it works in the in the real world as far as law. He's shaking his head, Andy. Yeah, he's shaking a little his head. shaky. <laughs> uh, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yep, I I yep. like the movie, Andy. I'm in your corner. It's not an it's not a steal, and it wasn't in my backup list. And I I share a little bit of shame that I didn't even think of it because I have a whole list of movies, and some of them aren't as good as that one. No comment on the law <laughs> all right seth you're up for uh, number four and this will be our last round we're gonna we four movies each our last round so make it count okay i'm going against what i said earlier i threw you a little curveball and now i'm coming back to it so i think you're not going to get a steal okay intolerable cruelty mm. it's on your list some cohen brothers huh it's not it's not it's not a steal so this movie is hilarious. Not anything to do with the law. So I can deal with the comedies when I guess, you know, but um, and Clooney is just mesmerizing to me about how funny he was in this movie playing a divorce lawyer who also is working on a prenup called the Massey prenup, which they say is unbreakable. This has no, no relation to legal reality in any way shape or form <laughs> it's the cohen brothers cinematic universe right <laughs> yeah but absolutely hilarious and uh with billy bob thornton in it and uh Catherine zeta jones and how they all work together and against each other and when they're negotiating and they're talking about case law, which is supposed to explain the way that the statutes are written. Hilarious. Nothing to do with the law. And Pete, I know that you might eat your hat, but in this movie, Billy Bob Thornton 
dips the massy prenup that is unbreakable into barbecue sauce, tears it up and eats it before he gets married. Now, <laughs> check your local jurisdiction, but on the advice of counsel, <laughs> I don't know any lawyer, no matter what jurisdiction, would recommend that you do <laughs> that you take such actions. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Noted counselor. <laughs> Uh, I actually, I like that movie a lot. And I think, Andy, I can't remember. Is that one of the Coens that you're not as much of a fan of? I I enjoy it. It's one that I don't, uh, I feel like I probably need to rewatch it. I remember laughing quite a bit in the theaters, but then it's one that I like, I don't remember very well. The one thing that always sticks in my mind from it is Tenzing Norgay. Like that whole conversation that he has with like his, his assistant or whatever. Like that is the thing that I remember from that movie. Not much else. Yeah, And I can't, <laughs> I think to enjoy the movie, because you guys are big movie buffs, and I really work all the time, so you guys are far ahead of me in this area of expertise. I don't know what you guys do for a living, but I don't think you can compare it to a Coen Brothers movie. If you do that, you're asking to be disappointed. That's a fair assessment. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But it, it's funny, because to compare it to something like Oh Brother, which is another Clooney uh, you know, and and talk about this, and we're running from the law, and uh, it is uh, I think it's it's funny because they do have such different like tones, uh, that and it doesn't it feels like they could be created by different people, uh, but I'm 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 a fan. Andy's nuts. He needs to watch it. Well, I do need to watch it, and you know the Coen Brothers definitely fluctuate with me. Some of them I love, some of them I really don't like at all, and some of them are in that middle ground where I'm like, I probably need to rewatch that one. And this is in that middle ground. I remember really laughing a lot in the theater, but it also just it never stuck with me. So I, I'll give it a rewatch and I'll report back. <laughs> I'll be waiting <laughs> <laughs> with bated breath. Yeah, I'm sure bated <laughs> breath indeed. All right, that takes it to a me for yep. number four. And uh, oh dear. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take one because I'm very exci- very excited to hear Seth's comment on this movie. Even though it's not really one of my favorite movies, uh, it's about someone who's still alive, and dare I say, a figure of controversy. I'm talking about. The Dersh, Alan Dershowitz, uh, as portrayed by Ron Silver as he's defending Jeremy Irons playing Klaus von Bülow, Bülow, Bueller, Bueller, <laughs> Klaus von Bülow. That's a very accused, odd movie mashup. <laughs> accused <laughs> Klaus of von uh, uh, murdering his wife, Sonny von Bülow. And uh, this movie is, of course, Reversal of Fortune, 1990. Have you seen it? What do you think of Dershowitz? I have seen it. Andy, have you? I have. It's one of my uh, favorites. I, Jeremy Irons is brilliant in that film, yes. and I am b- embarrassed that I didn't even think about it for this list. It's such a great film. I'm embarrassed for you. You, know, I, I, <laughs> you guys are experts in this, and this brings me a lot of comfort, because as we go through this list, you tell me how you didn't think about it, and you're embarrassed. And I never share this with clients, but I do share it with lawyers that sometimes I think to myself as I'm walking back to my office from the courthouse, that's when I come up with my best legal argument. It's like just a little <laughs> too right. late. Like I should have said that. Or I should have said it this way. You know the the uh, the French have have uh, have a term for that. They call it escalator humor, right? It's when you come up with a great one liner when it's just too late when you're already on the escalator leaving the yes. scene. And I think you are a practitioner of escalator yeah. law. So true. Now I'm going to defend myself here in case <laughs> any like potential it- clients are listening <laughs> or current clients. <laughs> <laughs> I give the A A answers, maybe A plus. I, the ones I'm talking about are the A plus plus. Okay. Well, yeah. Right. The A right, plus yeah, with yeah. a little stank yeah. on it. Right. The, the the A plus with a curve. All right. What do you think of What do you think of uh, of the Dutch though? I, first off, I think he's just a fascinating figure in life and in theater, and the whole his whole career is pretty interesting. I'm always a little suspect when there are movies out that are trying to portray someone and how things really went and but he is brilliant no matter what your views of him are the really serious focus of attorneys that everybody's entitled to representation goes back to the very beginning of our society during the uh boston massacre because those guys were defended and beat the rap and most people don't right. realize that. And I think that being a lawyer, 
is really important because John Adams represented the guys accused of the Boston Massacre. And people don't realize that. Mm. But everybody's entitled to competent legal counsel. And I think just portraying people, you got to be careful about what movies really say compared to who they are. Everyone has their own viewpoint. Sure. Uh, and we could be talking about James Woods and his portrayal of Rudy Giuliani. If you want. <laughs> we could just keep going down the list. <laughs> they never, they never went to the Four Seasons, <laughs> but but we could talk about that. Uh, Andy, what do you think? All right, I, I love it. It's a, you know, it's a yeah. strong, strong movie. Um, powerful, and Jeremy Irons is wicked in that role. Just, yes, he, I mean, wicked, brilliant. But he it just, and I love that final moment. Uh, right at the end of the film, when he goes into a, a pharmacy to pick up some cigarettes or something, and then he throws in to the lady, "Oh, and a vial of insulin," <laughs> and then just gives her a wink. Just kidding. <laughs> it's just like, oh wow, he is just playing yeah, it all can, the time. He can get away with anything. And there's that great sequence. I should have written down the line. There's this great sequence when uh, when Silver is is talking to him, and and I think it's it's when he is trying to describe like the circumstances of what's happening he's going into this to this story and and silver as Dershowitz says no stop never let the client explain anything well why not well it puts them in uncomfortable positions like what uncomfortable position lying right like that's his great his great one liner that i can't i i like i wish i could get the setup right because when he looks and says lying it's like of course of course you don't want people to talk in the courtroom just shut up let me do right. the work that's that's the right. lesson i learned from this uh, from this film so reversal of fortune 1990 great uh example so there excellent you go. andy number excellent. four all right for my final pick i am going with another one that i think you know i think might have open some people's eyes to to the world of uh, victim blaming, slut shaming, women's empowerment, um, PTSD, all of this sort of stuff. It's uh, Jonathan Kaplan's film from 1988, The Accused, with Kelly McGillis as the assistant DA helping Jodie Foster, who had been uh, raped in, she was a waitress in a bar and was gang raped by a group of men in, cheering cheered on by a bunch of onlookers and because she had a checkered past they were just trying to do a plea bargain initially and to get these guys off but uh, the assistant da says or no she's deputy da she says no you know we need to uh, help her and they uh, they get her on the stand and it's a testify and everything and it's a uh, it, even then, it doesn't seem like it's going to, because you can't identify them. And but finally, one of the uh, the frat guys feels so much guilt from the whole thing that he does testify and and all of that. So it's I just found it to be an incredibly powerful film about how even just because somebody doesn't look like they are necessarily the innocent one in a situation, um, they may actually be. And so I thought it was a, an incredibly strong film with an incredibly strong performance by Jodie Foster. And so that's uh, that's my final pick here. The and accused. Kelly McGillis. And Kelly McGillis. Oh, she great, she yeah. gets like she because Jodie Foster is so good. I think they, that, you know, Kelly McGillis gets gets short shrift in this movie. She's exceptional. True. To my she eye. She is exceptional. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot more than what she had to do in Top Gun. How's the law in this one, Seth? Do you remember this one? You know what? This film I have not thought of in years. I saw this film when it came out, but I also saw it in a society through film class that I took in college. Mm, okay. And this was the exact issue that we were dealing with about how um, you have to look at what happened in this specific instance, not just what you believe someone's um, personality may be or their past mm -hmm. may be. How does it relate to this instance in the law? Uh, very powerful film, very powerful performance. Really enjoyed it. Have not even thought of this film in probably 20 some odd years. Yeah. Um, but right when you brought it up, boy, I was right back in that, in that film. And then, um, you know, in that very enjoyable class that I took. So it was a good pick. It's one of awesome. those that I've always believed because the, they get so much of the other like cultural stuff, right. You know, the stuff that I do know about, the movie-making pieces of it, they get so right in that movie that it makes, it allows me to either suspend belief around the law or just sort of kind of let it wash over me that it's something that I, I believe that they wouldn't get all the other stuff right without doing due diligence on the, the law and getting that right, too. Um, 
I, I like to think so anyway. Yeah. I hope so. All right. Let's do let's do a round robin. Any of our, you know, Andy has an extensive list of backup movies on this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't that thing believe, goes on forever. Always, always. I right. can't believe in the yeah. name of the father didn't hit this, didn't drop on this list. It crushes me. I, I had reasons. I'll tell you in a moment. All right. Well, Seth, do you have any other films rapid fire that you feel like need to be included? Not as primary picks, but just get them out there. Yeah. Legally Blonde. Hilarious. Oh, such a great movie. I can't Love believe I didn't movie. think about that. Yeah, it was actually almost on the top of my list, but I went more serious than that. Um, yeah. I thought Philadelphia in 1993 yep. was brilliant. Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. Like all these kind of like some are fun, um, but some are just the one that was really um, presumed innocent. Yeah. With oh, Harrison yeah. Ford, yeah, I right, thought it was right. a brilliant uh, legal movie. Um, and how all that played out. And then I have to end, and I might have picked too many for mine, but you cannot talk about movies and not name a film called The Firm. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, I did not have The Firm on my list. (laughs) And you know why it wasn't on my list? It was all strategic. I thought Legally Blonde, you guys might have tried to steal. And so that was why it was on my list, not because I didn't like it. I was very strategic. And I actually lived on Grand Cayman for three years. And I, Pete, I thought you knew that. And so I thought you might think, oh, he's definitely going for The Firm. So I was much more strategic than just picking great movies that that I like. Crushes me. That is also a great movie about the... Now that had all the intricacies yeah, of sure. scandal and, and breaking the law in law firms, but um, being at a big firm and um, how they treat their first year associates when all you do is work, 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 work. Um, and I'm not saying that anyone should have sympathy for any first year associates practicing law, um, but I just found that it was a it was a great movie, uh, um, and I didn't want to keep going back to Tom Cruise after I. If you're going to do two movies with Tom Cruise, you have to do them all. Like there, there any <laughs> other where he's even loosely connected to the law. Uh, and, I had, and really, then it's and you could easily have done all John Grisham. I mean, since yes. you bring him up, it's oh like, yeah, it's time to kill. Yeah. yeah, like that's easy. The client, right? the runaway jury. Yeah. Do you want yeah. to do the Denzel Washington subgenre of John Grisham movies? <laughs> I uh, I would throw in uh, 1957 Witness for the Prosecution, Charles Lawton, Elsa Lanchester, Tyrone Power, Marlena Dietrich. Uh, Billy Wilder, Agatha Christie adaptation, great movie. Uh, Breaker Morant, uh, I had on my list. Oh, yeah. uh, War Crimes in South Africa against the British Empire, Empire, a Bruce Beresford film. I did have Philadelphia on my list, uh, too. Um, and if not for any of the reasons that you talked about, it would be for Bruce Springsteen, uh, because that song is amazing. And uh, then Presumed in- Innocent, also on my list. And I, I brought it up specifically because I did want to hear what you thought of Scott Turo and these, you know, the writers of books who are also lawyers writing now thrillers. Like, uh, and we don't have to talk about it now. Maybe it'll be for next year's. Uh, Real short. They're brilliant. They got out of practicing law. Well done. Guys. <laughs> All right. Great. All right. Good answer. Uh, my last. Uh, and I it, there's a, a trivia. Uh, Alan J. Pakula produced Presumed Innocent. And he also produced Mockingbird. So I wanted to have that little pair on the list. And we've we've done a whole series of Pakula films on our show. And finally, Judgment at Nuremberg, 1961. Oh, of uh, course. Fantastic Spencer Tracy film. Love it, love it, love it. And that would have given me two Marlena Dietrich movies. You know, there's just too many movies to talk about. Andy, what do you got? There are so many. Let us well, begin. you've you've said a lot of mine, um, but Oh, now we've said that. <laughs> when the scoring is over. That's right. Now the scoring's over, I'll just tell you. No, The Verdict absolutely uh, is, I think, just a brilliant film with Paul Newman uh, dealing with that case. And he's just, he's really like a, the perfect example of a rundown attorney who's who is brought onto this case. Uh, I, I think that's a fantastic film. Marriage Story is another one. It's more about the kind of the marriage and the divorce. But certainly once you get into all the the divorce attorney uh, bits, I mean, Laura Dern is fantastic yeah. as as the lawyer in that one. And Alan Alda is great as the other one. You know, that was a great one. I had Philadelphia on my list. I did have Witness for the Prosecution in, in the Name of the Father on my list, but I, I decided I was just going to stick with American um, legal films, not any particular reason, but I just had such a big list. And then um, I had Michael Clayton on, which isn't really kind of a law, like law movie per se, but it does deal with kind of 
there's this uh, class action lawsuit that is happening kind of in the background of all of this, but really it's about this fixer coming in trying to fix things, uh, dealing with this um, the lawyer who had a mental breakdown. So, uh, yeah, those nice are my Nice list. This was a lot so of fun. So many good ones. Yeah, so many good Seth, ones out there. thank you so what's much. The, for, what's the final tally? Well, the the uh, let's see. You had uh, were any of yours stolen? Twelve Angry Men was stolen. So you had uh, four plus two minus one. So you ended up with five. Um, and I had uh, Twelve Angry Men was a two, double steal. <laughs> so I had four plus two plus one seven. Andy had four. Minus, uh, did you was did you have To Kill a Mockingbird and that was a steal. Twelve Angry Men was a steal. That so was a four, steal, minus yes. two. Uh, oh, so I had six because I lost. No, I had five because I lost my cousin Vinny and the paper chase. Uh, and Andy had four minus two, so we had two, five, and I think that makes you. So you and five. I tied, tied. For five, yeah. and and Andy came in a distant third. Yep. A distant yep. third, way down distant, in the bottom. And let's let's go back to the number of times Andy says he is ashamed that he didn't think of move. So he has a distant third with shame, <laughs> right? And that's with like shame. a that's like a wow. bonus like, trailer, right? That's like when you get <laughs> an award with distinction. Yeah. He has it with shame, right? Hey, I right. have a wall Excellent. covered with awards with distinction. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> the shameful mention award. Uh, it, yeah, it's just a piece hey, it's of still rope. An award. <laughs> <laughs> this is really fun, Seth. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and talking law movies. Uh, we'll have to find a new twist on this for next year's uh, event. But uh, uh, love Thanks doing for having this. me, guys. Really enjoyed it. Uh, if you're interested in, if you are listening to this because you are in some way engaged in divorce, but you also like movies, check out The Next Reel over at, uh, you can just go to thenextreel.com. That'll take you to our, our site, and you can see all the movies that Andy and I have talked about over the many, many years. If you are a movie lover and your life is somehow embroiled in a divorce and you want to get some more insights on it, on how to navigate that process within the law, then you want to check out How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast for saving your relationships with the good and kind said, check your jurisdiction, Nelson. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We sure appreciate your time and attention. Uh, We'll catch you next time on uh, all of the great shows. Thanks for listening, everybody.